Hi, everyone, and welcome to Luchinuqua Podcast. Um, I'm Eric, and uh, this is the first podcast um, in maybe or hopefully many um, that will come uh, following this. Um, I just kind of thought I'd start this uh, podcast um, because I've been looking at and listening to uh, some podcasts um, that are available and um, thought that I'd create a, um, a podcast space um, to talk about um, Luchu identity um, and history, language, um, culture. And um, I just kind of thought maybe it'd be also a good idea to start it um, while we're uh, looking at the Uchinanchu no Hi um, coming up this, uh, this week um, at the end of October on the 30th, yeah. Um, so again, um, thank you for joining uh, me or listening in. And, um, I'd like to start with, um, the very beginning part, I guess, uh, as, um, as most, uh, most indigenous people or, um, native people have their stories of where they came from, um, where they originated or creation stories. Yeah. Um, Luchu also had, um, a very, very, um, um, beautiful story, um, that, uh, starts with, um, the, um, sky father who is referred to as Uting Ganashi, or also in some other places in the country and some other islands are, um, he's also referred to as, um, um, Uiting Ganashi. Um, and also, um, his partner, um, the Earth Mother, or Jin Chi, also in um, other places and other um, outlying um, islands or um, the country area, she's also ne- uh, known as um, Uhupapa. Yeah. So, um, the Uting and Jin Chi um, got together and they had a child. And um, she is supposedly um, sent down um, to to the the earth, um, which at that time was um, covered by water. And um, she they gave her um, the seeds and um, supposedly some uh, pebbles to to throw out into the water um, and create the the Duchu Islands. Um, but even prior to this, it also talks about, um, while the earth was covered with water, that there was this, um, this realm called Dugu, um, which, um, is actually mentioned in, uh, in the story of, um, of Urashima Taro, those of you who remember that story. Yeah, the underground kingdom. Um, but it, in, in the chants or the ancient stories that were passed down, it's not necessarily like the Urashima Taro story. Um, it's more, um, talking about this realm of Dugu being where everything came from and started coming out after, um, the, the things were thrown into the, the waters, um, by the daughter of, um, Uting and, um, Jinchi and how the the polyps of the of the the coral came and and the fish started to become abundant and then the lands came and then things started to grow on the land and 
things started to come out from the water and then these animals and things were created. Um, the food, the five grains um, that was given to her also were planted um, so that um, it would be, um, it would feed the people that would come later. Um, so the peer- appearance of the, of the, of the first um, people to our Luchu islands um, happen and um, they begin to populate also. So what's interesting in looking at uh, the name, especially of um, the Earth Mother or Jinchi or Ohupapa, um, um, these um, the, the the names of either yeah uh, of the, the either either of the names Ohupapa um, and also Jinchi, actually um, from what I was told is is um, it, it means um, the earth or the, the land yeah. Um, and, um, it is the, the provider. Yeah. She's the provider of, um, things to sustain the life of the people. Yeah. So also, um, in Luchu tradition, you know, it, it's, um, it's interesting because, um, traditionally what they did after, um, a child was born was to, um, bury the umbilical cord and also the um, the afterbirth um, in the original ancestor's um, uh, house area, which is called the mutuya. And um, that would connect the child to the family um, physically and also connect him also um, to the, the earth, yeah. To the to the land or to the island, um, so that was a that, that's something that even connects with us today. Even if that tradition or that protocol isn't done anymore, um, because it was done in those days, um, it also um, that was the the um, the ritual and the protocol to connect us physically and spiritually to our islands. Um, even if we're generations um, away from that or living thousands of miles away um, from the homeland. Okay. So again, looking at, um, looking at that creation story and also um, thinking about, you know, how we're connected and that the, the land actually does become our second mother. Um, because after we're born and remember when we're in the womb, we're also surrounded by water. So water plays a very, very important role in being the most important um, element um, that um, that gives life. Yeah. So we come out from um, the womb um, from water. We're born from water, um, and we become dependent on um, Jinchi or the Earth Mother for everything that um, that we we need to survive. We need. The air, we need the water, we need the food, we need the plants. Yeah. Um, we actually even need the animals that were created. Um, so it's, it's kind of, um, kind of also interesting to look and see how people look at themselves now. Um, and, and see a lot of disconnect, um, or some disparity when, when they don't see how valuable, you know, these things are. Um, to keep us sustainable, and that the land becomes something like a commodity, 
where price is put and how valuable the land is and how much you, you own um, becomes important or, or a goal that you want to get. Instead of taking care of the land and having it provide not only for yourself, but for a whole community. Yeah. So that's the, that's the indigenous way. That's, that's really our identity, our way of looking at things. Um, especially where we come from, from looking at the creation, uh, the creation, um, story. Um, also, um, what we look at is how, um, how that also connects to us today. Yeah. And also how it connects to our Issei or our first generation, um, who came to the islands of Hawaii and to other places in the world, um, looking for a better life or a better, or, or to make money to take back actually to, to Luchu. Um, and when they, when they did come and they did settle in, in, in their new places, um, they still had those values. They still had um, those um, ideas and those um, traditions of taking care of the land. Yeah, they knew that it it wasn't so much of a commodity that they're looking at it as, but they're looking at it as something that would keep them sustainable. And and when they realized that they weren't ever going to go back again. Um, that they wanted to provide for the next generation and the next generation. Um, you know, it was something that, um, they wouldn't look at to make money and become rich, but also knowing that by farming, um, they would, um, provide for a community for other people. Yeah. And this, this was a, um, an idea, um, also that was, um, um, prevalent within the the Okinawan um or the during the kingdom period where even the um the king would also know that um he although he was king he also um what is that depended on the uh on the the people his people yeah to to um to take care of the land and he needed to take care of his people. Yeah. To take care of the land to, or else he would, he would die too. If the land wasn't, um, wasn't fertile, if the land wasn't taken care of, the water, um, just, um, went and got, got damaged or dirty. Um, then that would affect, um, him too. Yeah. Um, so again, in history, there was good leaders and bad leaders, but, um, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't like within like, uh, other, other countries at that time where, um, like if we compare it to Japan and, um, a lot of people like to, like to say that, you know, the Okinawans are just like the Japanese or are Japanese in actuality. Um, but one of the big things that we look at, um, is that within even the um the 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 hierarchy yeah that um the king knew that he was human yeah he was it was never where the the king was was put up and become uh, um became like a like a deity yeah 
Um, so he had to take care of the people and he knew that um, the people were responsible to take care of the land and um, as well as he was, yeah, um, and that they all had to help each other so that um, everything would be sustainable and they would have the food and resources, yeah. So same thing today, yeah, um, that we need to think about because so much of that, that, um, that knowledge or that value um, is lost when we start looking at, um, you know, the, the, the Western way of looking at things and, and what the Western vision is to, um, to become so-called successful. Yeah. Um, in the indigenous or the, um, the native sense of being successful, success is, um, your community and your family and, and how you take care of them and how, um, how sustainable, how prosperous the land is. Yeah. Um, that is successful. Um, because if you don't take care of that, eventually, if all of that goes, um, you know, what are you going to have just artificial things to try and live on? Um, so something that's very important. And then like what I was talking about with the Issei, um, coming over, um, you know, there's a, there's a really good book, um, called the, the Kue, 30 Years of Land Struggles in Hawaii, um, that has really good, um, oratory excerpts from um, Kumu Haunani K. Trask and um, very powerful photos from um, Ed Greeny um, who actually um, uh, show um, some of our Okinawan immigrants in there um, who were farming in the um, in the Waihole area and on Oahu and um, they they went and they fought and they actually um, protested against development on that side of the island because they knew that the the farmland was was valuable there, not valuable as far as money-wise, but valuable to sustain the community, to provide for the people, not only on that side of the island, but for all over. And if they were going to do development, that they would lose water, they would lose land, they would lose places to provide or produce food for community yeah. um so one of them um uh, i don't know if some of you know the the, the song um sweet lady of waihole um that is actually a song about mrs matayoshi um who was one of the the um the well-known um okinawan first generation who um stood up against the development on that side of the island um and also um, featured in there um, in some very um, powerful pictures is um, is uh, Mrs. Teria, um, Kana Teria, um, who um, is pictured in this black and white picture. She's standing in her field um, barefoot, no boots, no shoes, but with her feet right in that ground touching the soil. Yeah. So you can see that they have that value. And, you know, a lot of people um, now, the generations now, um, you know, you, you talk about um, standing up for, for the land, standing up to for sustainable um, natural resources. And um, they look at you like, like you're crazy or, you know, that that activism is, is something that's negative. Yeah. 
But our, our first generation knew, they, they knew the value that, um, you know, you had to do this. And they stood with the Native Hawaiians um, uh, and they supported them and, and they knew that that had to happen, that or else if development came to that side of the island, that they would lose their farmland, and that's that much less um, um, food that would be pro- provided, especially um, um, once development would come in and all of that got wiped out. Yeah, so that's something to kind of remember and to think about. Um, you know, for ourselves today, you know, how much, you know, do we what, what do we look at as success? What do we look at as um, valuable for us? You know, is it is it um, how much property you own? Is it how much um, money you make? Is it you know, or or is it um, being um, comfortable and satisfied and um, providing um, a space and a place um, to continue the legacy of of what our ancestors left to us all the way back from Okinawa. Um, and then also to understand that um, these indigenous values also connect a lot with the Hawaiian values or, or other native people, wherever you are, if you're on the continental U.S., that it also connects with the native people of those lands um, that your house is on, you know. So to to understand that responsibility and to um, understand that we need to look at that and honor the place um, that we're on and to take care of that, that Jin Chi, that earth mother, yeah, that we take care, that, that we get all of our, um, sustainability, um, from, from the waters to the air to the food, um, and that it's going to be available for the next generations to come. Yeah. Okay. So, um, want to wind down and um, just kind of remind you guys um, that uh, to look for my my podcast um, and um, it, please uh, send me some comments um, and uh, you know uh, to my uh, email for the podcast it's um, luchnoqua at gmail.com um, that's l-o-o-c-h-o-o n-u-k-w-a at gmail.com and then also um, for November, November 2nd, please remember to join us um, on our online um, presentations that we've been doing um, for Ukwanshin um, with a really special presentation, uh, a special documentary by Okinawa TV on um, Suigusku. Um, since we're looking at the uh, one year anniversary since the fire destroyed, um, Suigusku, um, on October, um, 31st, yeah, um, of last year. So that's going to be shown on November 2nd at, um, seven o'clock, um, Hawaii time. And uh, you can join us, um, through our Ukwanshing Facebook page. It'll be streamed live there. Um, that's, um, I think it's facebook.com slash luchunukwa if you'd like to get to our Facebook page. And so again, um, thanks for joining me. Um, hope to um, be with you guys again to talk story and share. And uh, until then, matayasai.
Just wait for 